What's the most common question you ask this last week or this morning? Have a good Christmas? Have a good New Year? Starting a new year? A lot of people didn't have a good Christmas, and it's, it's unfortunate. Some uh, in the hospital, some in care facilities, some just sitting in apartment without family that could come because of COVID fears, health concerns. Uh, some of you kids didn't get the presents that you were hoping for. You got socks and underwear instead, right? Uh, you know, uh, some of you will outgrow your presence. Some of you will, uh, some of them will break. Some of them will get lost. Some of them your parents will break and get lost because they're so annoying. But did you get anything that will last 10 years? Think of the gifts that you got. Get anything that will last 10 years? Or maybe that will last the rest of your life if it's longer than 10 years? I, I got something that will last, I believe, until I go to be with the Lord. And it actually started in, uh, in Thanksgiving, but through Christmas I gained five pounds. They're, they're going to be with me the rest of my life. <laughs> and maybe you did as well. And maybe you've just become like me, say, well, as hard as I might try, it's not going to happen. Uh, is it possible to get anything or even to have anything that will last forever? And you, you'll be able to think of several things. But the thing I'm thinking about is found in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And that's where we've been now in the, for the last month. And we're looking at these compound names of the Messiah, describing Jesus. And I'm going to read this verse again, and it begins with Christmas, and it ends with the millennial reign, or the thousand-year reign of Christ upon this earth in the future. And I feel that reign could start within seven or eight years when he would come and reign here. Uh, listen to verse 6. For unto us a child is born. That's his incarnation. That's the Messiah's birth. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now we're looking towards the millennial reign. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. A compound name here. Mighty God, another compound name, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's just look to the Lord. Just Lord, as we begin to look at this today, direct our minds to what you want us to focus on, please. Thank you for the encouragement this has been to me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we, last week, we looked at the mighty God, and that gave me courage. The mighty God. And the mighty God, the real meaning of that is hero. Hero. Because he is mighty, but he doesn't use his might 
to bully people. He uses his might to rescue people, to change people, to provide uh, for them as well. So uh, the, the might gave me courage. Everlasting father is what we're looking at here. Or uh, in studying this word, it means father of eternity. Describing Jesus and describing his rule and reign on the earth during the millennium or the thousand years here. He is called a child, he's called a son, and he's also called a father altogether. And Isaiah is not trying to confuse us with God the Father as opposed to God the Son. He is saying here that God the Son has this characteristic of being uh, an everlasting Father, and I'm so glad that he does uh, here. And so, from the mighty God and, incur- and, and the, the courage that I get from that, to the everlasting Father, I get comfort. And that's what I want us to see today. And maybe that's what we need today. Somebody here probably does. You need comfort. Maybe the Anderson family, they need comfort through this time. The Dean family, uh, the, those kids there as they're gathering now in the next couple days and they're making plans and they've got tons of stuff that they have to do. Uh, they probably need comfort and they might use us to bring comfort because often God uses us to be his hands and his feet. And that's the message here. Even the everlasting father uses us as people. This morning, in the scripture that uh, Steve read, Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen, it says it talks about everlasting. For thus saith the high and lofty one, Jesus, their creator, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. He inhabits eternity. He is everlasting. He is the father of salvation. Now, uh, in him we will never die. That's why he could say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he be dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. He's everlasting. It isn't just shall never die till he is 83 years old. Or never die until your body wears out. No, he's the everlasting father who gives us everlasting life. And he's the only one. Than give, that can give us this. The father of salvation. In him we never die. Now through scripture we have. Uh, Abraham was the father of the Jews. And they were proud of that. The scribes or the Pharisees were proud. Our father is Abraham. And Jesus said if your father was really Abraham. You would do what Abraham said. You're not of your father Abraham. You're of your father the devil. And so Abraham was the father of the Jews. George Washington, for us, is the father of our country, although he never had any kids. Just beginning a a book about that has one of the stories about him. Uh, Very interesting. But he was called the father of our country. Henry Ford, the father of the automobile. And Jesus is the father of our salvation. The thing about Jesus is that he will always be Because he is everlasting father. He will always be the father of our salvation. 
He's the beginning and the end. In Psalm 90, verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth, or actually before he brought forth the mountains, because Jesus, the Messiah, is also creator. So before the mountains were brought forth, or even thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Everlasting. That, I hope that brings you some comfort that there can be a relationship that will last forever. Not just for a few years on this earth or a few months with your Christmas present, but there's a relationship that's eternal, everlasting. Uh, Jesus is the I am. And he said that to Moses. He's continually in the present tense. And that's hard for me to understand, but before Jesus could say, before Abraham was, I am. So that encourages me. Now, what does the everlasting Father mean to us today? The possibility of a relationship. That's what Father means. Relationship. I know that not everybody here had a good father. And so your idea of father has been very distorted and uh, my idea of father comes from father's know, knows best, and, and you uh, only you oldest ones know about that. But uh, a good father, a relationship with somebody who loves and cares uh, and, and protects, abides the everlasting father here. I am father of five kids, and... Then they got married, and now I'm father of 10 kids. And then we adopted Forrest and Christina, so I'm the father of 12 kids. And then uh, I adopted uh, uh, Mike Porter, although he's more brother. And then I adopted Chris Close, and he's, uh, so, so I've got more kids. Uh, but rela it's relationship. That's what father means, a relationship. Um, that we can have a good relationship and now I've adopted uh, some of the runners that we run with yesterday morning we ran uh, before we ran uh, I prayed and asked that the Lord would just protect us on the run and so now I am becoming father to them and so my family gets larger but it's all about relationship it isn't about the genes of a person so Jesus is everlasting Father, and he can be your Father. Isn't that something? The everlasting Father can be your Father forever. It can't be your grandfather. He's not your everlasting grandfather. Because the relationship has to be direct between you and the Messiah, or you and Jesus. You, the everlasting Father. Not grandfather. You call, you call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Not, uh, uh, you're not saved through your parents. Because of their relationship to the Lord doesn't mean you have a relationship with the Lord. And every individual in here has got to uh, have this personal relationship, or he is not your father. He is still everlasting, but you will be everlastingly separated from that relationship unless you personally accept him as father. 
But as many as receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Not the grandsons, the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. This is what you need, a personal relationship with a father. Because what are fathers supposed to do? Fathers are supposed to provide and protect. Provide and protect. That's a responsibility. The world today is so distorted that, that, uh, that people don't want fathers to have that responsibility. And so they minimize fathers. And fathers are buffoons and, and programs that you watch. That fathers have, are clueless to what is going on on these programs. But fathers are supposed to provide and protect. Now, my, my dad did that. Provided and protected for, for me, for my seven siblings. And then uh, when I got old enough, Cindy and I got married, and, and they stayed in Montana, and we lived here. And so the, the responsibility of dad kind of, uh, I became father then of my own kids. And then mom and dad Phillips moved up here, and, uh, and dad... Uh, since they were right here, they, he continued to provide sometimes when it was necessary. And so uh, that's what Jesus did. Everlasting Father. My dad died. Dad Phillips died. Jesus will never die. He's going to be my everlasting Father. And he knows what I need. Where my own dad sometimes did not, or Dad Phillips did not know what my needs might be. But Jesus does. And so I'm forever thanking him for providing and protecting. Uh, this week, this past week, Nate and Darla and the kids uh, coming back from Wisconsin and they hit our blizzard that we were having at that time and, and the winds and the whiteouts and when they finally made it and texted us, we made it home, it was, thank you, Jesus. And then uh, shortly after, uh, Ben and Rachel, they were traveling from Illinois, coming back. They had to stop someplace in Iowa because of the whiteouts there and spend the night and shovel out the next morning. And when they got, finally got home, it's, thank you, Jesus. You're providing, you're protecting. Uh, this week, I was on the roundabout right out here and following a, a lady and not saying anything about lady drivers. And just following her around the roundabout, and she slammed on her brakes because there was a car waiting to pull out from the bank over here. It just The guy was patient, I'm sure, but she slammed on her brakes and waved him through. Well, I slammed on my brakes and had to go sideways into the curb, and the car behind me slammed on their brakes and slid up to my passenger door, and the first thing I said was, thank you, Jesus. I won't tell you the second thing I said. <laughs> Now, it was, thank you, Jesus, uh, because he provides and he protects forever, everlasting. He doesn't take a break. That's why Jesus could say in Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I am there to provide and to protect you forever forever not just your years upon this earth I look forward to the next years in my real life 
because he will be there to provide and protect me. Uh, the next verse in Hebrews 13, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I will not fear. Why? Because I have an everlasting father who is going to protect me and provide for me. Um, and so I say, thank you, Lord. The everlasting father as is described other places in scripture. I was surprised that he was described by Moses in Deuteronomy 33. And it, it says, the everlasting father who has with everlasting arms. Now, arms are really important. Arms are important to me. Because uh, with arms, uh, heavy objects can be list, uh, lifted and... and uh, now, as, as I get older, lifting platters up to put them in there, you know, my arms can get tired. But he's got everlasting arms to care for me, strength to get me through the holidays or get you through the holidays, uh, strength to raise your kids. And maybe you're raising them on your own. And there are some days when your arms are just, and you say, take care of yourself. I'm going to go to bed, you know, because uh, I'm wore out. But your provider, protector, has everlasting arms. Strength that will help you. Strength to help you work at that miserable job so you can pay your rent. And yeah, I can't go to work. Oh, one more day, okay. I'll go one more day. Because you've got a father who has everlasting arms to carry you. To to do for you what you cannot do yourself. It's also, the, the uh, Christ is also uh, called everlasting consolation in Second Thessalonians. Everlasting comfort is what it means. Everlasting comfort. You need comfort, and your husband can't comfort you, or your wife can't comfort you, or your mom and dad can't comfort you, and your life is in turmoil, well, Jesus, the everlasting Father, has everlasting comfort for us. He never runs out of comfort. I, I think it goes along with his everlasting arms. He never runs out of reasons to hug us close. And there are times when we just need to be hugged. And there are times when we can't find anybody else to, to do that for us, but Jesus has everlasting comfort with everlasting arms to wrap around us. Might be when a loved one dies, like the Dean family and others. You know, had, had three funerals in the last two weeks. And so those families need everlasting comfort through those times. It might be when you're laying in, lying in a hospital bed and uh, you need some comfort. When you're isolated, maybe sitting in your apartment, and I talk to these, I think of Bob and Alva Shack, and, and they are isolated in the apartment building over here, and they can't have any visitors, and they can't go out to visit, and, and uh, they, they, their meals are put in front of their door, and and on the phone, Pastor, it's, it's just really lonely. Uh, everlasting comfort 
because of everlasting arms. I, I love uh, Johnny Erickson Tata's song that she sings, Never Alone. Oh, I love that. Clear voice singing, Never Alone. No, never alone. Because Jesus is there with everlasting comfort. In 1 Timothy, he has everlasting power. Everlasting power. He's the mighty God that goes on and on and on forever. Everlasting might. There's sometimes when I say, this world is out of control. It's everything is out of control. Is that true? No. No, the Jesus has everlasting power. And he's always in control. He has uh, an everlasting kingdom. Describing this in Second Peter. And his kingdom is forever and ever and ever. And I, I cannot wait until he ascends the throne during that thousand year reign. And we serve him as everlasting father for us. He maintains eternal presence. Lo, I am with you always. Always. Always, always. Even to the ends of the world. Always. His presence is with us. And he gives us life. But it takes a relationship for that to happen. He, the everlasting father, loves you more than anyone in this world can ever love you. Nobody can. Now, sometimes we don't recognize it because uh, he uses other people's arms and legs to love us with, because of the everlasting Father. I, I read a story this week, a true story, about a couple, Jeannie and Greg uh, Krebs. And they, uh, they were advised by their doctors to abort their baby. And uh, they thought the baby was a gift from God, and they said, no, we are not going to. They said, well, he's going to be extremely uh, mentally retarded. And so uh, they said, we don't care. He's a gift from God. And so they poured their life into this little boy. He became the center of their lives. And uh, when Chris, that was the name of the little boy, was seven years old, Greg took him to the hospital to pick up Jeannie. Jeannie worked at the hospital. They got there and found out that Jeannie was going to have to work late, and, and so they sat in one of the family rooms. And they were sitting there, and uh, there was one other man, about 60. He was sitting there, and he was uh, very unkept and smelly was the description that he gave. And so they sat there for a while, and finally Greg got up, and left Chris uh, in the chair there in the room. And uh, he got up and he went to the nurse's station to find out how much longer it was going to be before Jeannie would get off work. He came back from the nurse's station, and here was Chris sitting next to this man. And the man was sobbing, just sobbing. And so Greg right away said uh, he didn't mean to insult you. He didn't mean to be unkind. Uh, he certainly didn't mean to be unkind. And this man lifted his head and sobbed, unkind, unkind. 
this is the first time I've been hugged in 20 years. Uh, he became the arms of, of, one, uh, of the everlasting Father. Now, I know this story is not true, but one of you sent it to me a long time ago. A little boy wanted to meet God. He knew it was a long trip to where God lived, so he packed his suitcase full of Twinkies and root beer, and he started on his journey. When he had gone about three blocks, he met an old man. He was sitting in the park, just staring at some pigeons. The boy sat down next to him and opened his suitcase. He was about to take a drink of his root beer when he noticed the old man looked hungry, so he offered him a Twinkie. He gratefully accepted it and smiled at him. His smile was so pleasant that the boy wanted to see it again, so he offered him a root beer. Again he smiled at him. The boy was delighted. They sat there all afternoon eating and smiling, but they never said a word. As it grew dark, the boy realized how tired he was, and he got up to leave. But before he had gone more than a few steps, he turned around, ran back to the old man, and gave him a hug. The man gave him the biggest smile ever. When the boy opened the door to his own house a short time later, his mother was surprised by the look of joy on his face. What did you do today to make you so happy? He replied, I had lunch with God. But before his mother could respond, he added, You know what? He's got the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Meanwhile, the old man, also radiant with joy, returned to his home. His son was stunned by the look of peace on his face, and he asked, Dad, what did you do today to make you so happy? He replied, I ate Twinkies in the park with God. And before his son could respond, you know, he's much younger than I expected. <laughs> now, there's an everlasting father that love, loves you so much that he died on a cruel cross to save your soul from hell. So if you go to hell, it isn't because you are not that you are not loved by God. You will go to hell because you do not love him. That's a decision every one of us needs to make. Let's pray. Father, I am so encouraged by an everlasting Father because you promise me everlasting provision and everlasting protection. And those are the things that I need. I am praying that each one here this morning will have received that from you, that they have placed their faith in an everlasting Father. And if they haven't, that they might cry out, they might pray right now and say, Jesus, save me from my sin. Save me from the consequences of the sin, of my sin. I, I, I know that you died on the cross for me to provide eternal life for me. By doing that, he can become your everlasting father for all eternity. 
So I pray that each one here this morning might do that before they leave. And I'm asking this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.